Want to make a podcast? Spotify has got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else your podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And when you want to take conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I've discovered Spotify for podcasters, I just enjoy putting these podcasts out for everyone to really like. I highly recommend you give it a try. It's so easy to use. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com slash podcasters to get started today. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show. News update. Kyle Shanahan had a press presser today where he did a conference call with media members. Got to listen to it. And there was a lot of updates that came out of that. We're going to go through a lot of that. And of course, just like always, if you have things you want to bring in chat, let me know. Let's talk about those as well. But I wanted to talk about some of the injury updates. There was a lot of things that came out of yesterday's game that the 49ers know had injury concerns about you know they lost right tackle Mike McGlinchey during the game they lost starting cornerback Charvarius Ward it seemed like Ebucom kept getting up and struggling to get back in the football game so there were things that needed to be determined all the while Cal Nohufanga was out during the first series when Atlanta marched down the field and scored and they had to turn to George Odom and we found out why of course he was being evaluated for a concussion and he passed his concussion uh, test the first time in the game he was able to come back he passed after the game as well but then following the game this morning he got up and he had symptoms so he is now in concussion protocol putting his availability for the game versus kansas city up uh in question so um we'll we'll see what's going on here we'll see what what's happening with this 49ers roster so first off uh, let me get into everything that's going on with the injuries. Of course, Mike McGlinchey um, and cornerback Charverius Ward are the ones that exited the game. Kyle Shanahan had gave gave updates on them. Charverius Ward uh, left the game with a groin injury. Um, he is day-to-day, according to Shanahan. That's good news and hopes he will play this weekend. Mike McGlinchey left with a, a calf contusion and is day-to-day. So two pivotal starters, one on offense and one on defense. Um, that could be good 
for the 49ers. So hopefully it works out and he stay those two guys make it through practice this week and get healthy. I think that the 49ers could really use those guys against his Kansas City Chiefs because it is going to be absolutely tough sledding against Kansas City, against Patrick Mahomes. Um, it's going to be a really tough um, and tall order to be able to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. So the 49ers have to make sure you know they, they get it done. And they had more injuries. We talked about Hufanga already, who was in concussion protocol. Um, but also, there were other guys who left the game that I didn't even realize were hurt during the game. Of course, we saw Demetrius Flanagan Fowles stay on the field at one point. And Flanagan Fowles is dealing with knee tendonitis, but Kyle Shanahan said he should be fine, ready to go. I think it's flaring up on a lot of guys playing on the turf for multiple games in a row. I think that is one of the the, the main things uh, to remember. Uh, Drake Jackson suffered a knee sprain in his day-to-day, so nothing serious, which is scary because we've heard so many knee sprains recently um, that have been bad. Elijah Mitchell, knee sprain. Uh, Aziz Alshire, knee sprain. Colton McKivitz, knee sprain. All of those knee sprains kept the players out for six to eight weeks. But it looks like Drake Jackson is going to be day-to-day, so dodging a bullet there. We did see Drake leave the game early. He was able to come back, and he made some pivotal plays. One running down Mariota, another one getting a sack after Mariota was getting away. So um, it's it's important for Drake Jackson to be a part of this defensive line, especially with some of the, you know, some of the other injuries surrounding the team. And what is up to everyone that's in chat? I want to make sure to say hello. What's up, Jeff? How's it going? It says this team is cooked the next two games. It could be. Uh, what's up, KNDR? And what's up, Gary? How's it going? Always good to have Gary in here. Um, it's going to be interesting over the next two games, but I think it's important to remember that um, being available for the Rams game is more important than being available for Kansas City. The only advantage of being ready for the game against uh, the Kansas City Chiefs is you're playing at home on natural grass. So for somebody like Jason Verrett, that may make a lot of sense putting him out there for a couple of series here and there, a couple in the first half, a couple in the second half, letting him get his feet wet, letting him get his legs underneath him, and then realizing that it's not going to have the same effect on his knee, hopefully, that it would on turf. So working him in a little bit would make sense for him where other guys it may, may not. Now, Charlie Warner tied in uh, who had the big drop from Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, he was wide open. He just turned to look up field and run too soon, and he dropped the ball. Warner suffered an AC sprain, and he's day-to-day. So um, there looks like they're getting one tight end back. Tyler Croft had limited practice last week. He's getting closer to coming back. And then you got Charlie Warner dealing with the AC sprain. So a little bit of movement there. And then defensive end Samson Ebicom, who kept coming in and out, was because of the Achilles tendonitis. I'm thinking that's going to be a lot better and feel a lot better once he's practicing and playing on natural grass. I think that is really good news for the 49ers because – they can't lose Ebucom. They, I mean, he's the last of the, the starters along that defensive front. Kinlaw's on IR. He's not going to play anytime soon. Uh, Kyle Shanahan talked about Eric Armstead, and he said Armstead, you know, maybe for the Rams game, not for Kansas City. So Rams, potentially, he's not ready for that. He said then it'll be the Chargers after the bye week. That'll give him that extra time that he needs. That kind of signaled the importance of the Rams game. They know winning against the Rams and going up 3-0 in the division would be huge. Having two wins over the Rams would be huge and make it very tough for the Rams to be able to win the division. Uh, the 49ers need to keep you know that that pressure on those NFC West teams. And having Eric Armstead uh, is going to be big, but he has to be available. 
and right now he's been dealing with the leg so um it's it's interesting and what's up jess uh welcome to chat yeah there's a lot of things that are still going on with this football team and ebucom you know they need him out there they needed armstead they need ebucom we know kinlaw's going to be out for a while if we can get armstead back uh, that rotation changes a whole lot uh, a ton in fact because then kevin Givens and hassan ridgeway aren't asked to play first team reps all the time one of them is you can have a better rotation Right now, Kerry Hyder's been playing a lot on the interior as well, which changes your your edge depth. You got Kamoko Ture that played. He, he had a pretty good game. No real significant plays. He almost had a huge stop on third down, but he allowed the player to roll over the top of him. But he was still getting in there and making something happen, which I thought was good. Now, here comes for some of the optimistic news. Uh, Kyle Shanahan was very optimistic that Nick Bosa and Trent Williams might be back this week. I thought that was very good news. Uh, Nick Bosa being back, uh, Traverius Ward only being day-to-day -day means we could have Bosa and Traverius Ward, which I think changes the outlook of this entire defense hugely because not having both corners is bad. Not having both corners and missing out on that elite pass rush that is Nick Bosa makes it very difficult. So Bosa's availability for this game is important. If he's not ready to go, you don't rush him back. You wait until the Los Angeles Rams game because against the Rams, that's when you really need him. That's the most important game. You know, being able to go at if you lost to Kansas City, winning against the Rams, you're four and four. You've got three, you're three and oh in the division. You don't really like the overall record, but you like where you're sitting in the division in the second half of the season. You play a lot of games at home. So I think that's what the 49ers are gotta be thinking about in the next couple of weeks. Um, and it's gonna be tough. And then with Trent Williams, this is kind of what I've been saying. If you guys have been watching this, you know, the channel for a while you know over the last couple weeks i've been saying i thought trent williams could come back by kansas city um i thought this was a target especially after he worked out before the carolina panthers game that kind of signal signaled to me how close he was getting his comments to jennifer lee chan hey i'm not as far away as you think i am i thought those were all good signs for trent williams coming back we don't want to rush him though we we need him against the rams we haven't got a healthy trent williams against the rams in a while uh, week 18 not healthy NFC Championship game, not healthy this year, not healthy. So three straight games with no Trent Williams uh, as a healthy guy, and we need him out there. He can make a lot of plays for the 49ers, and the fact that they could have Trent Williams and Mike McGlinchey could stabilize this offensive line, and I think that would be really, really huge. And Lou says, Ant, has any team ever been as injured as the 49ers the last five years? This team is cursed. I honestly don't know. Um... I honestly have zero clue if if this is the most injured team, but the 49ers have definitely been injured. I know in 2020, they were the most injured team, and by a lot. So it could be. It really, really could be. Who knows? Ronnie says, what's up, Ant? Can you see the squad make a trade before the deadline? Yeah, I can. You know, And I, I kept trying to envision, Ronnie, a, a trade scenario for the 49ers, uh, you know, last week even, you know, trying to find a situation where they could use you know, a, a traded player, a player to bring in. I always know John Lynch is overturning every stone he can to bring in players that can help this football team get over the top. Um, but which player was that going to be? Now, I think a lot of that hinges on a guy, you know, like Jason Verrett, because Jason Verrett's a cornerback uh, that could step in for Emmanuel Mosley. But what is the status of his knee? Where is he at? We know he had knee soreness uh, practicing in West Virginia, and they said, hey, we're going we're gonna to go practice again on Wednesday natural grass i think this is the week you activate him i think you activate him you put him out there against kansas city not as a starter 
uh, but in some spot play. And you see how he does. You see how his leg responds because you do have to make a decision about the cornerback room. With Mosley being out all year, if Jason Verrett is not capable of being the Jason Verrett from 2020, then you have to go out and try to find a trade partner to pick up a cornerback. That's my belief. I don't think you can roll through the rest of the season with Diomero Lenore at corner or Samuel Womack on the outside. I think those guys need to be playing nickel. I think you're just losing too much on the outside if you do that. I think it changes the defense big time. Find one of these teams that's struggling, that's willing to trade, and go out there and get a corner. 2019, the Fournier's had to get a wide receiver. This year, it could be a defensive back and a cornerback position. And if they can find someone that can do a good job opposite of Charvarius Ward, it could put you back in that scenario you were with the great defense before. Um, so I think cornerback becomes a target. I know a lot of people talk offensive line. I don't know how realistic it is to bring in an offensive lineman, especially at the, the position of need like center, just because it's hard to bring in a center and then him be able to make all the calls and be able to run the offense. Doing it before the bye week would help a lot. Uh, if you could have a trade before the bye week and bring him in and then allow him to have all that practice time, I still think that is less likely. And then there's the big name guys, right? There's the Brian Burns, Christian McCaffrey, who I would love. I just don't know if the juice is going to be worth the squeeze as far as you know the way the contracts work. Yeah, they're cheap this year. Um, and I mean, Burns, he's not really that expensive next year. But what are you going to give up? You know, Is Carolina wanting multiple first round picks? Like was reported, I think in that case, the 49ers won't be willing you know, to kind of give away first-round picks. They already had the big trade for Trey Lance. So I think that plays into it. But under the radar, like Charles Minahue, you know, even a pretty big move like Emmanuel Sanders, those type of moves for guys of that caliber could be where the 49ers are going. And I think a lot of it hinges on Jason Verrett and where he's at health-wise. Lou says, I thought about a trade also, but when I thought, uh, what do you have that you can give up? Um, they have eight draft picks, so the 49ers have eight draft picks that they can use. They're going to be able to replenish those with uh, compensatory picks. More than likely, you're going to get you know comp picks from some of the players walking away. You're going to get comp picks from D'Amico Ryans, um, potentially leaving Rand Carthon in the front office if he goes somewhere else, and he's been a part of a, a couple of interview processes. Those are compensatory picks as well. So the 49ers could have as many as four third-round compensatory picks coming from coaches and front office leaving, and then you have also, you know, what you could do with, um, you know, just moving some of those eight eight picks that you do have. I think the Forge are going to get end up getting awarded a lot of comp picks as they let players. Leave. I mean, if Mike McGlinchey leaves, as he's Al Shire leaves, um, those are going to be guys that are going to garner you draft picks in the future. So remembering that, also we don't know what's going to happen with Jimmy Ward as well. So I think there are going to be picks coming back in. I believe the Forge will have double digit picks. I think they do have the ability to go out there and make a move if they need to. Um, just who is it going to be? Uh, 49ers Fogey says, let's trade uh, number... Are you saying let's trade number 22s? Uh, are you talking about Christian McCaffrey? I, I'm trying to figure out what Gary's saying here. First, he said 120, or 222. I'm like, do we have pick 222 already? Uh, one of those comp picks in this late... That'll be a late six-round comp pick. Ronnie Montoya says, if Kinlaw and Armstead stay out... For a while, do you think about uh, bringing in Sue? I already thought about bringing in Sue, Ronnie. I would definitely uh, be kicking the tires on Adamic and Sue if you know you're not going to have an interior presence, even if it's even if it's just Kinlaw being out. The addition of Sue. Now, there's a lot of it that plays into it that I don't know. I do, I know that Sue is a complicated guy when it comes to the way he is in the locker room. Some locker rooms absolutely love him. Some struggle. So Chris Kasarek understands who Adamic and Sue is. 
I think they would have to feel comfortable that Ndamukong Sue can come in and fit into the 49ers locker room and not disturb their chemistry. I think they do have the leaders for that. And as long as that is the case, yeah. I mean, if the money fits, right, this is a guy you can bring in and he can bolster your defense right away without Armstead even. You throw in Ndamukong Sue and right away this defense takes a step forward and that's big. You need that presence. And then once you got an Armstead back or even Kinlaw, you're talking about an elite rotation of interior defensive linemen. Just, you know, what's the money going to look like? And are you uh, comfortable with what Indomitian Sue will be like in the locker room? I think if you are, I think it's a move the 49ers should make. I would make it. But then again, I don't understand what Sue is like in the locker room. That dynamic is important for a team uh, because you don't want to upset that chemistry as you're trying to win a lot of football games. And 49ers Fogey says, Jeff for Christian, 22 for 22. Jeff Wilson Jr. for Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I do not think the Carolina Panthers will go for that, Gary. It's a good thought, though. Uh, if if you could make that happen, I think, I think everyone would be super excited about getting Christian McCaffrey in a trade for Jeff Wilson Jr. Um, do I think that's going to happen? No. Do I think it's going to cost a lot to get Christian McCaffrey? Yeah. Uh, McCaffrey's a very expensive player. Somebody like Indomitian Sioux um, makes a lot of sense. You don't have to give up any draft capital. You just go out there and you sign a player, you know, that fits, you know, what you do already on defense. He's inside. He's a defensive uh, terror. He, he handles business on the inside. He's a wrecker. So, I mean, having that guy inside, imagine having Sue next to Armstead as the season progressed and Armstead got healthy. That would be elite on the inside and defensive run stopper Sue is. I know he's getting older in age, but he is absolutely uh, fantastic. So, um, yeah, I'm about that. Uh, WTM says, what year do we get our next first-round pick? 2024. Uh, so 2024 will be first-round pick. Next year's pick goes to Miami still. So 2023 will be Miami's first-round pick. And then after that, the 49ers have their first-round picks again. That's why I don't think they're willing to give up one for Christian McCaffrey uh, or anyone else. I think they want to keep those. I think if it involves second-round picks, the 49ers might be willing to do so. But, uh, you know, a first-round pick for Christian McCaffrey, I know we talk about his contract being super cheap this year, but if you're getting out of his contract moving forward because you don't want to have that huge uh, contract on the books, then you're giving up a lot of draft capital for a rental, and you don't want to do that. So you got to make sure it works out as far as what you're – giving and what you're getting now Christian McCaffrey would be absolutely fantastic in this offense he fits what Kyle Shannon wants to do he could take the offense to the next level and a one-two punch of Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell would be ridiculous you could run those two guys on the field together because of McCaffrey's ability to play wide receiver it would be elite the way they could do Christian McCaffrey and Devo Samuel could line up in the backfield together and then leave and go and play empty and you have legitimate wide receivers it would be freakish the thing Kyle, Kyle Shanahan could come up with, but is it going to be feasible? Um, you know, if you could just do fantasy fantasy stuff, it would make sense, right? Fantasy booking. WTM says, hypothetically speaking, if you could, uh, would you trade Jimmy G and Trey for an unpaid Lamar Jackson? Um, no, I, I do like Lamar Jackson. Um, I wouldn't pay for, I wouldn't want him unpaid because that contract is going to be huge. And the way the 49ers currently are structured financially um you wouldn't be able to take on all that salary right now they're building a team around a rookie pay scale you would probably have to lose nick bosa because lamar jackson's contract would be so big 
it, it's just really hard to be able to financially be able to keep Trent Williams, George Kittle, uh, Fred Warner, you know, and all these players that you want to keep and still have a quarterback that makes that much money. The, the thing that is so exciting about Trey Lance is three years from now is when you'll really start to feel the pinch of him getting out of his rookie pay scale. And by then, hopefully the salary cap has exploded so much that it, you know, you're able to withstand that and take that on. Um, plus you're going to have some of the other contracts that are going to change. You know I mean? Trent Williams, you know, that contract will be a lot different. If there is a contract, if he's not retired, uh, there's going to be George Kittles will be different. He'll be over 30. So things change along the way. Of course, there'll be new players that step up. Debo will be on another contract. So there'll be big decisions. But right now you have a rookie pay scale coming up, and I think that's what you want. But Lamar is is amazing. Lamar's fantastic. His ability uh, to run the football is is tremendous. Um, I just don't think that would fit with what the four years are doing financially in the way that they've built their team right now. But it doesn't mean you know that you wouldn't have potentially want a guy like that. I think everyone would love to have a player like that. And WTM agrees. So thank you so much, WTM, for agreeing on that. Um, always love that. So, yeah, I mean, that's the thing right now. So the 49ers' whole goal over the next, you know, several weeks is to get healthy. And then Kyle Shanahan had some comments on Jimmy Ward. Jimmy Ward had surgery last Tuesday, and Kyle Shanahan was asked, you know, if he was going to be back. And he said there will be a chance for him to play with a cast on it might be a little too optimistic for this week. So uh, Jimmy Ward probably won't come back against Kansas City. But Kyle Shanahan had said last Tuesday it was 10 days and they would reevaluate him. So they'll probably reevaluate him next week. He could potentially be ready for the Rams. It'd be one of those things where the four years are getting a lot of players back for the Rams, which is good. Uh, Kyle said it might be a little too optimistic. But again, I haven't had a chance to speak to him personally. I was just told this a little bit ago that it's going well and he'll be able to eventually play with the cast, whether that's this week or next week. I hope it's this week, but it's too early for me to know for sure. So outside chance for Jimmy Ward. I think when you're looking at, you know, the news that Kyle Shanahan had today, said today, um, you got to be somewhat at least optimistic about what he said. Jimmy Ward has a chance. Nick Bosa has a chance. Trent Williams has a chance. Um, Charlie Warner, Demetrius Flanagan Fowles, Drake Jackson, Ebucom are day-to-day and should be able to play. Uh, Mike McGlinchey and Tarverius Ward have a chance. Uh, Hufanga, we'll see. You never know with concussions. It's crazy. And we did get a super chat. Thank you so much, WTM, uh, for the for the 99-cent super chat. I really, really appreciate it. Um, so, yeah. And, and what's up, Lou? How's it going? I hope you're feeling better says seems strange not too long ago we were talking about how loaded we were on the defensive line and now we are searching the scraps who would have thought it's true i mean we were the 49ers you know appeared to be 13 14 players deep in training camp next thing you know you know they got all these guys on the practice squad and they're having to use all those guys it has definitely been tough for the 49ers tough sledding for this defensive line um and it's you know a variety of players i didn't expect eric armstead to get hurt he's not somebody that typically you know, goes down early on in his career. He did, but he recovered from that. I think a lot of it had, he got that plantar flashiitis and he tried to play through it and that ended up affecting the other foot. So um, his willingness to try to help his football team probably hindered him a little bit. And the 49ers decided, you know what, let's shut him down. Let's make sure he gets healthy. And we are going to need him for that second half push. Eric Arms is definitely going to be needed next to you know Nick Bosa. And then Bosa, of course, with the groin. I'm glad it's not. Uh, what his brother's dealing with because his brother's out for multiple weeks. 
Um, but yeah, the injury bug hit, and it's one of those things where when it hits a you know sporadically here and there, you can overcome. But when it completely wipes out a starting unit of you know one particular position, it makes it difficult. And we've seen it happen to the running back room. We've seen it happen to the defensive line. We've seen it happen to offensive line before. The 49ers have overcome injuries, but this amount of injuries is pretty ridiculous, especially to one side of the football. At one point, I think the 49ers had three defensive starters left. Uh, and that's with, you know, that's just who's, you know, the normal starters. That's not even including, I'm counting Tyshawn Gibson as a starter. And he wasn't a starter, you know, at the beginning of the year. It was supposed to be Jimmy Ward. So they're missing a lot of football players and they need to get him back. I think the one silver lining that we have is the fact that we haven't lost that many guys for the entire season yet. Um, Mosley out for the season. Of course, Maurice Hurst and Trey Lance. Um, those are significant enough, but at least you didn't lose everybody. And, you know, that was the thing in 2020. Uh, when it hit, it just hit. Nick Bosa out for the year. Uh, you know, it was just like boom, boom, boom. Everyone, Solomon Thomas out for the year. It's just like, you know, then pretty soon it was, you know, Jimmy went down and everyone was getting hurt. Uh, and that was tough. So I think if there's a silver lining, that's it. Uh, but it's not, it, I mean, it's, it's still tough. It's tough when the injuries start. I didn't think the injuries were going to get this bad. Just keeping it, keeping it real. Um, but I, I did see so many Atlanta Falcons go down in that game too. It's one of those things where, you know, I know the talk about the turf fields and things. Uh, it's crazy how many players are hurt around this league. And so I wonder, you know, how much I know the four yards have been hurt predominantly over the last uh, several years. But it seems to be a league-wide problem right now. They need to evaluate player surfaces or playing surfaces. They need to evaluate how they're handling training camp and offseason because those things have changed over the last several years. Uh, field conditions, not so much, even though I know the New York field was the doing in uh, because of the stickiness last year. Uh, Lou says, thanks, Ant. Uh, convalescing at home, but watching your show as always. Thank you, Lou. Really, really appreciate that. So good news for the 49ers as far as the injury front. Um, that's hard to say this year when you get an injury, but you come away with it and you didn't lose anyone uh, for a significant amount of time. I was very worried about Charvarius Ward after the groin uh, because I thought, oh no, he could be out for a while, but it appears he's you know day to day and has potential. Now, remember when it comes to the 49ers and injuries, there is, you always got to be careful because it was George Kittle that was day to day when he had his uh, groin injury and he missed several weeks. So day-to-day -day doesn't always mean the 49ers are going to play. I just think sometimes you're hopeful that they're going to be able to get out there and play. And we got a super chat from Jag. It says TCC injuries are taking um, a, yeah, a lot of depth. Um, it's bad. You're right. Uh, you're right, Jag. The, the injuries are taking a toll depth. Uh, being tested it is it's being tested in a big way uh, it's it's really unfortunate how many injuries because the foreigners did have tremendous depth it was i mean it was just a couple weeks ago that we were talking about how good you know this 49ers team's depth was and now it's being tested the only thing you can hope is that as players come back the valuable reps that this depth got will help them along the way these extra snaps that they got but they do need these guys back, and they need them back, you know, pretty soon. And I think getting them back for the Rams would be huge. You could get a lot of your players back then. Then they play one week, get a bye week to rest, and then you come back against the Chargers after that in L.A. 
So less travel, a little bit of rest over the next several weeks could be just what the 49ers need. We'll see who they decide to work in. I think that's a huge topic of conversation is who the 49ers decide to bring back for the Kansas City game now that it's on natural grass. And uh, Ronnie's bringing this up. Is Danny Gray in the doghouse? I don't know what's up with Danny Gray. I don't know if Kyle Shanahan elected to go with Snead um, for the mere fact that Snead's a better blocker than Danny Gray. And maybe he thought, you know, we're going to need to grind this out against Atlanta as well and just really shorten this game. Uh, figuring the running game was going to have to be a big part of it. But Danny Gray definitely isn't having an impact on this team um, right now. I know they've taken a couple shots at it, but nothing has been completed. It was preseason that him and Trey Lance hooked up. But since then, it's pretty much been um, crickets as far as getting Danny the, Danny Gray the ball. I always figured his targets and, and number of catches were going to be low, but I thought we were going to get some. I thought we would get one here or there with a big chance potential, maybe like 17 yards you know, per catch. I thought those would be good scenarios for Danny Gray and the 49ers. So far, that hasn't come to fruition. Now, we are early in the season, and he's a rookie wide receiver. And the way that Kyle Shanahan uh, says, I mean, he even said, I hate rookie wide receivers. He doesn't like the way they approach the game. He knows they didn't have a offseason that's like everybody else. They have to learn to become NFL players. He likes their routes to be ran very violently and to look the same so that way they can get the breaks off of things like they do. So um, I think that right now, uh, Danny Gray's not in the doghouse, but I don't think he's also on top of Kyle Shanahan's list as far as players that he wants to target. Plus, when it comes down to it, uh, I don't think it would have been Snead. I think it would have been Malik Turner because they help on special teams, but they already used Malik Turner three times. So that's part of what goes into it. Ernest says, you guys like Jeff Wilson? I really don't care for him. I think he uh, the holes are there for him to run. I just don't understand why Kyle Shanahan would run guys past their prime uh, than the third round pick. I, I think that, to be honest with you, Jeff Wilson Jr. has been the second best running back um, on this team since uh training camp and i mean i don't have to be a jeff wilson fan um to know that he's made some really good runs he's made some really good cuts and showed some good vision all you have to do is go back and watch the all 22 of the panthers game and you'll see jeff wilson jr executing at a high level go back to the rams game and see it is he elijah mitchell no he's not elijah mitchell's a tremendously better elijah mitchell's spectacular but he's not healthy right now jeff wilson jr's done a good job of helping this 49ers team along the way um, he's not, you know, he's not a, a normal running back one, but he is farther along than TDP. He's farther along than Jordan Mason. Um, he's, you know, right now he's the, the best running back of the group that the 49ers have. I think once Elijah Mitchell gets back and Jeff Wilson Jr. is more of a changeup, I think we can appreciate him more for what he does. But right now he's going out there and doing what he can to help this team. And remember against the Panthers, he had over a hundred yards rushing. That's what you're hoping to get out of your, your, your second string running back who's stepping in and, and getting things done for your football team. So, I mean, that's just how I see it. But um, uh, Lou says, I think Danny Gray is tied to Trey Lance. Uh, maybe. I think, you know, Trey Lance's abilities definitely do help uh, Danny Gray. BB50 says, Ant, this is like watching preseason teams first string playing our bench. This is hard to watch, dude. Yeah, it, it's tough. You look out there and it's, it, no starters to be found, right? And what's up, team? Uh, call how's it going? I hope, oh, team Cali, I hope you're having a good one. The you're right, though, it's hard, right? You had Yamaha North starting over here at one point, Samuel Womack on the other side. Um, you had, you know, there was points where Hufanga was out, you got Tayshawn Gibson in there, 
And then along the defensive line, you're rolling with Spence and you're rolling with Hyder on the interior at times. And those are your guys that are, are doing it. Um, and then you got Kamoko Ture and, and Charles Aminihue on the outside or Drake Jackson. It did not look like the 49ers defense that we've grown accustomed to. So, yeah, it has been difficult. The injuries have definitely gutted the 49ers, especially this week against Atlanta. Let's see what happens as they move forward. If they're able to get some of these guys on the roster, I think that would, you know, are back. I think that would be huge. But I do think it's more important for them to get them back for the game against the Rams than it is Kansas City. So if someone's 100%, play them. If someone's not 100%, no reason to rush it. Wait for the Rams. It's a more pivotal game. Uh, Faithful uh, and Grateful says, Shani only plays guys he trusts. That is true. Uh, I think a lot of coaches are like that. You you find players that you trust and you roll with them. Uh, you wait for one of these players to prove and earn your trust. And it's hard for some players to do. And that's why you see players that go into you know the doghouse. Now, Kyle Shanahan and wide receivers, it's it's well known, right? Dante Pettis, Brandon Ayuk, uh, now potentially Danny Gray. I don't know if Gray's in that club or in that doghouse. He was sick during the week. I don't know if that played into it or not. I think more than more than likely it had a lot to do with the fact Kyle Shanahan wanted a receiver out there that could help in the running game, help block. So he went with Snead. They wanted a special teams guy that could help that way. They had already used Malik Turner. So I think that's kind of where we're at with it. But and then Ronnie Matoy says, why is Charlie Warner running those deeper routes and not Dwelly? Um, Dwelly is dealing with a rib issue, right? Dwelly got hurt a couple weeks ago. So he's been dealing with a rib. I do believe, though, part of the reason, Ronnie, that they're running those routes with Charlie Warner is because, just like your statement, no one expects it. Um, so when Charlie Warner runs a route, they're expecting him to block, which means when you come out and you throw the ball to Warner, um, he's open. And that's what happened in that case. Now, he's an NFL player, and you expect him to make the catch. So I, sometimes that's kind of the give and take. You do things to catch people off guard, and then they have to honor Charlie Warner, and it makes his blocking easier next time. Um, but he didn't make the play, you know, and there's two plays this year. One time Jimmy threw it behind him on like a, you know, a wheel route down the side where he had to twist the other way and he didn't come up with the football. I put that on Jimmy because if Jimmy would have left that in, it would have been a good play. This one was completely on Charlie Warner. So two missed opportunities, but two instances in which Charlie Warner, because he's such a good blocker, is getting left alone in the passing game at times. And that's something you want to take advantage of. Those are those matchups you like. But as long as he's wide open, he should be making those plays. That's not good that he is. But I understand what you're saying. I'd rather have Ross Dwelly catching that football too because Dwelly would have made the catch. The only difference is the defense probably would have been ready for Dwelly to try to catch the ball because he's not as good of a blocker as Charlie Warner. Um, and 49ers Fogey says Dwelly can't block. He, he definitely is. It struggles in that department for sure. Uh, Ernest says, I think Gibson... Uh, Gibson's age really showed last game. Now that the pass rush wasn't there. Yeah, I mean, I think that's why they wanted to work back Jimmy Ward. I think Jimmy Ward is what they really want. Um, Gibson got put in some precarious situations because one, one of the things that's tough, and it got real tough when you didn't have either starting corner, but when you have Emmanuel Mosley and Charverius Ward, they could lock up those guys. It gave freedom to Gibson and Hufanga to fly around and make plays. When you lost one of those guys, now you had to give help. Uh, and Jimmy Ward normally would have been able to do that, right? He could have taken that job and, and do it at a high level. He's a different type of player. But now you saw it. I mean, they had Gibson against Zacchaeus on that first drive, and Zacchaeus just ran an over route and ran right past him. 
Uh, that That's just not a good matchup. Now, Jimmy Ward would have been able to play that better, um, but Hufanga was out as well. So you had Gibson playing out of position. You had uh, George Odom in the game. So they did take advantage of those situations and, and props to Atlanta for locating those matchups, taking advantage of them. That's what offense is, finding matchups that work in your direction and using those your, the best way. Uh, BB50 says, Ant, do you see George Kittle slipping a bit in the passing game? I think... I'm hoping that he's just not healthy all the way yet. I think he's still working back from the groin. I've seen every week kind of a steady climb in his route running. He's getting a little bit better, a little more elusive, a little bit better at the top of the stem. That's the top of the route, uh, being able to create separation, either using his body or just running the guy off and getting the, the guy to flip his hips a little bit. Those are things that George Kittle um, used to do at a high level. I mean, he used to be able to turn cornerbacks around get them to flip their hips inside, then go outside. He hasn't had that same amount of ability right now. And I think a lot of it goes into the groin that affects the way you push off. It affects your lower body a lot. So I'm kind of waiting for him to work into it. He started, said he's starting to get healthy and he feels different now. I'm hoping that's going to play a big part. Do I think all the consistent injuries are going to slowly, you know, bring his game down a little bit? Yes. Do I think he can still be one of the upper echelon tight ends in the league? Yeah, he can. He's still got that ability. I just don't think we've seen the best George Kittle yet. I think he's still recovering from that groin injury. At least that's my hope. And I think once he does come back and get fully healthy, he'll start making a lot of those George Kittle kind of plays, even though I did enjoy a lot of the attitude that he brought from some of the, the catches and runs that he made. I thought those were important for this team. And him and Debo Samuel did a good job of trying to establish an attitude and attack. So. Yeah, overall, I think that's a good question, you know, and I think just looking at Kittle, um, that would be your first thought, right? Your first inclination is that, oh, maybe, you know, George Kittle's slipping a little bit, but I, I just don't think he's all the way healthy. If he would have been healthy and playing at this level right now, um, we would probably have a different answer there for you, BV50, because, you know, I just, I, I think you're, you're on to something, because right now he's not playing at the level that we've expected him to play. Uh, WTM says, what's the latest 49ers news? The latest 49ers news is that Talano Hufanga is in concussion protocol. Uh, so Hufanga will, you know, it's one of those dicey things. Will Hufanga be able to play? That's that's a big question mark for the 49ers because it, you never know what their tests are going to be. He passed concussion protocol during the game when he went into the blue tent. This is according to Kyle Shanahan. Um, so that that's good news. He passed that. Then he passed after the game as well. That's a good sign. But then he woke up this morning with uh, symptoms. And whenever you have symptoms and they'll put you in the concussion protocol, now he's going to be monitored. Let's see when he gets out there in the blue jersey. If he gets out there in the blue no-contact jersey, that's good news. So that's something to monitor all week. So I thought that was news. And then also Charverius Ward, Mike McGlinchey uh, have potential to play this week. So does Trent Williams. We could be getting three big starters back. Uh, McGlinchey left with a calf contusion. Charverius Ward was a groin. Um, but they said he was day-to-day. -day. So optimistic news there. And it looks like Jimmy Ward may just be a week away. So that is the 49ers news, the latest. It's a lot of injury updates. Kyle Shanahan didn't really get into anything else. Um, I look for there to be some roster moves this week as well. We'll see what they do. And if they end up bringing anyone else in, they got to continue to rotate through this practice squad, bring players in. We might see T.Y. McGill this week. Um, they gave him a full week to get acclimated to what – you know, Chris Kacarek does on defense, and maybe we'll see him instead of Spence um, up on the active roster. But the four years are, I mean, the biggest updates are still injuries, and that's unfortunate, but that's kind of where we're at with the whole, you know, with all the games and everything. So 
Um, thanks everyone for coming through. I really appreciate it. I had a lot of fun on this live stream. Lots of great comments from everyone here. I'm going to be trying to go live as much as I can this week. Um, so everyone hop on with me, bring your questions. Let's have a lot of fun on these conversations. Really appreciate it. Uh, but I'm going to check out now. Uh, everyone have a great day. Stay safe. And remember the right way is always the 49ers way.